You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts. Hey, I'm Ray Parker. I play Darth Maul, a Phantom Menace, and Solo, a Star Wars story, and G.I. Joe, Snake Eyes, and you're listening to Disney Universe Podcast. We would be honored if you would join us. To infinity and beyond! I'm very popular, y'all! You are without doubt the worst pirate I've ever heard of. But you have heard of me. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That was all started by a mouse. As a Niner fan, that one hurt, but it was a great, great Super Bowl. Congratulations to the LA Rams, and man, what what a game! But you know, always got to bring in the uh, post Super Bowl episode with a little celebration because you know what? Who doesn't want to go to Disneyland to celebrate? But what do you think of the game, Alex? It was a great game. It uh, you know, for the most part, lived up to the playoffs uh, that we had with a bunch of amazing games. Definitely wasn't the best game from the playoffs, but uh, it was a good one. Uh, no, no team should be ashamed of uh, what they put on the field that day. Yeah, uh, I, bi- bi- as you said, bitter party of two over here. You know, uh, hate to see. I, I always hate to see a team from LA win. Sorry, people from LA, but uh, <laughs> screw your teams. Uh, I love you. Yes, but uh, I love. I am LA, very happy. As team. I was saying earlier, I'm very happy for some of the individual players on that team. I'm happy for Odell Beckham. I'm happy for Matthew Stafford. I'm happy for Andrew Whitworth. Happy for Aaron Donald. Those all seem like great guys. They're all great players, and they deserve to win championships. Um, so I think as the same I felt the last time the Rams went to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff, I was like, you know, I hate I hate to say it, but I want to root for these guys, but I can't. <laughs> it's in my yeah. blood. I cannot root for See, LA I don't. I don't root for other teams, but I can root against teams. So <laughs> I was rooting against the Rams, but like you said, I'm happy for uh, the individual players that won. Uh, such a bummer, though, that Beckham had to go out, you know, with that knee injury, you know, goes to the big conversation. We, we could talk about this in our ESPN-style episodes, but get rid of turf. But that's just me. That's my little football soapbox. Yeah, who knows? Uh, the game probably would have been out of hand a lot earlier if he hadn't got out because the point was made. He, uh, you know, the second you take him out of the equation, then they don't really have to respect anyone other than Cooper Cup in the passing game, as yeah. much, or at least the other receivers didn't make them have to. So, 
absolutely but hey we're back uh episode 106 it was a great super bowl uh we'll be going over some of the commercials coming up later but uh as you can hear it's just myself and alex uh ryan's a little under the weather today so he's uh cuddled up in his igloo and uh he'll be back soon but coming in a couple times uh throughout the episode we got our our new special guest our uh our mascot the hatbox goat so welcome to the show hatbox goat <laughs> hey thank you for filling in for ryan today and uh Look, look forward to you being around when Ryan is here as well. And speedy recovery to you, Ryan. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so we'll, we'll talk to you back later, goat. <laughs> so, you know, we're having fun with that. Uh, see, a lot of people seem to like that. And it ties into some of the commercials we'll be talking about. But uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, this episode, uh, we were doing um, our breakdown of the Boba Fett on YouTube. But we decided to do the... Uh, chapter seven and just kind of season recap as our uh, main episode 106 here and so that's what me and alex are going to talk about and um also uh recently the maestro himself john williams uh, recently turned 90 so i'm like you know what we don't we don't talk enough about john williams yet on the show so i put out a post and just list some people list uh, some of your favorite uh john williams tracks um not just you know in the Disney universe, but I mean it, it, he he goes beyond the boundaries in the Williams verse. Yes, the Williams verse. Uh, I I hear people sometimes like when they uh, they see an artist and like oh thank you for the you know you you did the soundtrack of my childhood or something. I'm like John Williams has literally done the soundtrack of my life. He's still doing music, and again we'll hear some more stuff that he's got coming up. E forty did uh, the soundtrack to my childhood. <laughs> nice <laughs> that's not a bad one Ugh. so uh got a little e40 love um <laughs> but um yeah let's let's get uh straight to the news it's there's a lot of stuff actually going on uh recently and um you know since we started the episode with the super bowl uh, let's talk about some of the previews that we got and nice. even commercials nice. that we got and i'm going to complain about the stuff we didn't get but right off the bat we got the brand new or official trailer for Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness. Uh, what came out during Spider-Man was kind of like the teaser. Yeah. I was going to say prior to this, all we had was the uh, post credits on uh, no way home. Yeah. Uh, and I'll just start with you, man. what do you think when you, when this popped up, I actually had to go back and watch it. We were still getting like settled into our super bowl situation. Yeah. It was early was on. And I think I caught it halfway through and I was like, no, no, uh, go back, go back. <laughs> Um, but, uh, it, I mean, I mean, it's a lot. It's, um, I, I've, I'm sure I've said before, I try and avoid spoilers and we get into what's a spoiler, what's not, obviously if it's in the trailer, it's not necessarily a spoiler, but at yeah. the same time, it's like, I want as many surprises as possible when I sit down in the theater with my popcorn to watch the movie. Um, because I'm pretty sure since the Super Bowl, they've released another version of the trailer. Because I don't know if the Super Bowl one had the zombie Wanda and zombie or evil strange. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I've seen those since and seen uh, other uh, news reports about a certain X character that may or may not be in it. So I, I guess all in all, I'm I'm starting to get hyped up for this to be bigger than No Way Home. Um, and I know the early reports uh, when they started filming that this was 
as close as the Marvel Cinematic Universe was going to get to a horror movie or a scary yeah. movie. I'm just really excited for it to be more adult. I feel the original Doctor Strange, at least prior to maybe Eternals, was the more uh, kind of a more uh, uh, not adult subject matter, but just a little bit more complex. Yeah, complex uh, theming. Yeah, yes. for sure. So I, I'm stoked. It looks really cool. I knew it was going to look cool. I mean, when they start talking about reshoots and stuff, you wonder what it was before, what they changed, what's new. Um, but I, I just, you know, fast forward to May. Let's get <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah, to- I totally agree with everything. And it looks like Marvel, the MCU, is definitely going, you know, full throttle ahead because it's like, how can you compare or even top or come near Infinity War and Endgame? And half Sony, half MCU, but they got really close with Spider-Man uh, No Way Home mm-hmm. with all the characters we got. And this one looks like it's going to be up there with Infinity War and Endgame. And the, I mean, that certain X character, that's clearly him. I mean, you, you see it in the trailer. And uh, I mean, I, I'm just going to say it right now. It, that That's definitely Patrick Stewart's uh, Professor X. You see the bald head, you hear his voice. And... And I don't think that's even near the uh, some of the biggest cameos we're going to get. So tip of the um, iceberg. Yeah. So I'm definitely hyped. Um, I yeah. I remember when they mentioned about um, months ago once once Sam Raimi was signed on as a director, and that this will be kind of uh, Marvel's first little dip into you know pretty close to a horror movie. So I'm like, I got super excited about that. Especially then after we did the Oogie Boogie Bash and I wanted the and you know, being a big fan of the what if uh season one with the whole zombie episode, I was like, dude, we need zombie Avengers at Oogie Boogie Bash. Two weeks later, zombie cap was there, you know. So I'm like, so I I'm for it. So, so um no, this I'm yeah, like you said, fast forward to May. I'm I'm hyped, I'm hooked. Uh we, we even got a, a really cool new poster, which if you examine the poster, there's a lot of little details in there too. So, um, I, I won't say any, but yeah, definitely check it out. I'm, I'm hyped. This was a great way to start the, uh, Super Bowl commercial watching. Um, cause it, I don't leave the couch and I'm, I'm waiting. Like I got the, the anticipation in my belly, you know, once the commercials hit, I'm like, okay, what are we getting? What are we getting? And you know, this was early on. So very cool. Um, then quickly following that, maybe like the next round nice of commercial break commercials or one, we got a brand new look at Moon Knight, which comes out uh, in just a few weeks here. So I'm excited for this. And um, also and a new poster, too, which the new, the new poster for Moon Knight looks super cool. It's like half um, Oscar Isaac's character. And I'm not too familiar with his name right now, so I don't want to try to try to think. But then his eye blends in with Moon Knight look in the other direction and it looks really cool so um i don't know what would you think of the i mean it's only a 30 second spot but what do you think of that i'm all here for oscar isaac's cockney british accent eh <laughs> we'll have Good a luck. bit of tea and crumpets while we go look at the pyramids in giza definitely governor <laughs> yeah i'm all, i'm all for it and uh one thing i i, I did want to bring about about moon knight is uh like I said, uh, I'm not too familiar with this particular character. I've, I've seen him in some of the comics. I've seen him in some of the cartoons, uh, but not too much. So um, we're going to be bringing in uh, real soon, because uh, I, I do want to break down the show because it does look good. 
Kevin Feige says that they really were no holds barred in the action and intensity and violence of the show. So I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, but we're going to bring in uh, good friends from the uh, Waltz apartment. They they do a really good uh, spinoff, uh, the Marvel tribe, where that's all they do is talk about Marvel. And they're, they they not only talk about the, the movies and TV shows, but they're comic lovers, too. So they could give us a really good a deep dive into the character from the comics. And then, so we're going to be talking about that before we start our moon Knight uh, breakdown. And I'm trying to think of, I'm, I'm, I'm always about clever names, but so I'm thinking like, all right, it's moon Knight or something lame like that. But uh, yeah, I'm excited moon, for the moon show. Moon Knighting. There you go. See, that's why we brought you here, man. That's hey. instant ideas, <laughs> but no, I'm excited. This was a great, great spot. And uh, again, got me super excited. And then, you know, the game went, and then the game went, the epic halftime show went, then the game went, and it went, and it went, and we never got the Obi-Wan trailer at all, which I was expecting. I was It wasn't obviously a guaranteed, but I thought the timing of the poster and date release would have, I mean, just days before the Super Bowl was a I clear... date after the Super Bowl, no? No, no. Uh, when they released the poster, it, the date is on the the poster, and May so 25th? I was just like May twenty fifth. Star Wars just, Day, the original Star Wars Day. Yes, because when yes. when I brought it up on the last episode, I was thinking May the fourth. That'd be perfect. Yeah. But Star Wars: A New Hope, or just as it was called back then, Star Wars was released May twenty fifth, nineteen seventy seven. So that is the original Star Wars Day, and great way to lead in a Star Wars celebration, which is just the next following day and weekend. Uh, so, yeah, they, you know, they're good at timing and the spacing out their synergy or their, yeah. their IP or just stuff content. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Uh, May, May the 4th would have been great, but as we know, that's going to be a crowded time for the uh, Disney universe. You've uh, got Mo- Moon Knight finale or second to last episode should be airing that week. And Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness will be dropping that weekend, um, which I would have loved a feast like that. But uh, yeah. Obi Wan <laughs> added in. Um, but yeah, May May twenty fifth. I look forward about maybe I'll uh, uh, put on a new hope and uh, go into Obi Wan right after. Something yeah, like go go from Revenge of the Sith to New Hope to Obi Wan, <laughs> you know, yeah. kind of back and forth. And I do want to kind of mention we did this last year as we were building up uh our youtube we just started and one of the big things we started was uh a lot of people like to celebrate star wars on may the 4th or even kind of like revenge of the 5th or some people still go by revenge of the 6th i mean it depends it's a it's a big uh, controversy on which one's which than star wars day but i like to celebrate star wars in the whole month of may so once again coming to youtube in may we will be doing our du star wars month and uh, we're bringing on certain guests. And uh, this will be a, a week shorter than last year because the last week of Star Wars Month <laughs> is a uh, road trip to uh, Anaheim. So maybe we might do some special lives, but uh, we'll figure it out. But at least the first three weeks uh, will be uh, uh, Star Wars Month. And like I said, I'll be, I'll be bringing in some guests and have some nice fun star wars uh, conversation but yeah on on the but on the on the bum note i was pretty bummed and pissed and disappointed we didn't get the obi-wan trailer especially since we did get a commercial with you and mcgregor but it's just a random like, like crypto 
Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, ah, I thought it was the lead in like a behind the scenes, but nah. Fortune favors the bold, Disney. Give us the trailer. It is, but I'm sure we'll get it real soon. The way podcast recording goes, it might even come out, you know, right after uh, we finish recording. So, um, I mean, it's it. We don't have Star Wars in theaters yet or, or coming up anytime soon. Um, and it hasn't been a precedent set for this yet. But how sweet would it be? For them to debut a show like that's trailer on the big screen. Oh yeah, I mean, I was calling for it when Game of Thrones are coming towards the uh, finale or and stuff like that. Like, I think some theaters actually did do a season premiere in IMAX. Uh, they they did uh, IMAX showing of two episodes. I think it was when like Battle of the Bastards and one other one or something. Yeah, I think so too. I didn't so. make it for those. I would have loved to see any of many different game of thrones episodes on the big screen would have been yeah absolutely so uh but like i said i'm sure we'll get the trailer real soon um one commercial that we'll be here to talk about it bring it to you uh i'm sure yeah i mean of course you're gonna get it before celebration so yeah absolutely and of course we'll be around for all those friday nights so we're definitely gonna (laughs) have to have a full-on du road to celebration episode so that i could participate oh yeah we're, we're having a few uh, and again with uh we're going to do the countdown of celebration uh, i think we might do two or three of them uh, maybe one each month and again bringing in uh guests and just talking about what we want to see and stuff so very excited uh, we did get a another commercial that was kind of a surprise uh but was pretty hilarious and especially with the timing of last episode after we just released and obviously introduce you all to the Hatbox Goat. We got an awesome commercial with Aquafina for Disney Plus with nothing but goats dressed up in Disney. <laughs> like, I don't say cosplay or just their costumes, but oh my God, I was rolling. It was hilarious. And like I said, the and the funny thing was with the timing of it. Um, yeah, what did we get? We got Mirabelle, Mando, Bart Simpson, Captain Jack. Olaf. Did we get Woody? Olaf was in the background as Aquafina was walking. Yeah, there. I mean, there was a bunch of them. Yeah, I, I am definitely not looking at it, and I definitely won't be able to name them all. Did you have a favorite uh, Disney? Goat? Yeah, absolutely. The Hatbox Goat, of course. No, um, but kind of leading into the commercial because uh, once uh, going back, rewinding just quickly a little bit, when the trailers were released for uh, Doctor Strange and Moon Knight. Uh, the posters also were so I was, you know, doing what any, you know, podcast, YouTube influencer, whatever, is quick to post them on Twitter and everything. And I had no idea, but they already. So when I did the hashtags for Disney Plus or for the movies, I couldn't make out what it was. I'm like, wait, what is that? Is it looked like a four legged character, but I couldn't tell because they had the costumes on. Then the commercial came out, and I'm like, oh my god, that's what the hashtag was. Then Disney Plus later on showed what each hashtag if you do the hashtags which goats you get all over the Disney universe. So this is on that Twitter. Was pretty, uh Twitter, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, Twitter with their twit emojis, if you will. <laughs> exactly. And of course I gotta ask our own uh ha- I'll call him Hattie G for right now. Uh what did you think of the uh Disney Plus goat commercial? <laughs> uh, that's awesome. <laughs> I know this should get you in next time. So uh who's your favorite one? Yeah, too hard to decide. So I, I agree. Um, but thanks for coming in. We'll, we'll talk to you again in a little bit. Sweet. 
And if if you're watching this on on Instagram or YouTube, which I haven't shouted out yet, uh, you know, you're getting a view of what our Hattie looks like. I posted them on Instagram. So for those listening, uh, obviously you just hear them, but you, we can actually see them if you watch on YouTube. So, and oh, <laughs> yeah, he was talking off camera there. Um, but yeah, that was a really cool commercial. And I, I'm I like thinking it. Aquafina is going to be in the running for a future a Disney a legend, what she's doing between the movies of Marvel and Disney and commercials now. Yeah, I want to say she's got something else in the pipes with the Disney universe. I mean, obviously, she'll be coming back as Katie, uh, whether it be in uh, Shang-Chi 2 or some team-up film. Um, and I'm just, I, I guess I'm just putting that in the ether. If anyone knows what it is, yeah, uh, hit us up in the comments or the DMs or, or I will hit it up in the Googleplex later on. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I feel like I did see something, too, so. Um, and that was all we got really from the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, yeah, for the most part, other than some great food. Oh, um, of course. Yeah. Very of, cool. A bunch of wings and, and <laughs> pizza. And, mm. Yes. Yeah, I, I guess a uh, note for future, uh, kind of piggybacking on your Obi Wan, uh, you know, regret or loss that we didn't get. You really don't get much after halftime. They're, they're, I, they really put all the big stuff in before halftime. You may get a, a commercial that piggybacks off of something from earlier, especially yeah. once you get to the fourth quarter, because I notice they try not to leave the action as much in the fourth quarter. Um, so there's not as many commercial breaks. Uh, so that being said, if you're looking to time your bathroom. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, you, you can tell also they probably are – weren't baking on closed games, you know, too. So, um, and since, since we are talking about commercials and there are more, obviously a lot more than are just like Disney related. What was your favorite overall, uh, commercial that you enjoyed? Uh, the NFL commercial, the claymation video game. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, can't really remember any other ones off the top <laughs> of my head. Oh, uh, I, I guess, wouldn't say it's a favorite, but we did join Planet Fitness this last week on the Lindsay Lohan discount, as I was calling it. Because nice, <laughs> they had a commercial with her and Dennis Rodman and stuff. Cool, and it's good seeing her doing stuff again, whether it's a commercial or not. So yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. she's maybe a big talent. A reboot reboot uh, Parent Trap or uh, <laughs> something. Yeah, absolutely. Get on Freaky Friday <laughs> with her as the mom. That would be great. Oh, that'd be crazy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Now I'm aging myself, <laughs> but I, I think my favorite was, uh, it's, it's kind of, it's a tie. I, I, I was all about the, uh, the Schwarzenegger, Salma Hayek, Zeus and Hera commercial with the BMW <laughs> retiring. Um, that was just a high production. I thought it was, I, I mean, I'm all for that movie if it ever, ever happened. Cause it, you know, it, it, I don't know. It was, it was just really funny, but I think my favorite, and this is just being a big fan of the Sopranos was the, uh, again, the Chevy electric SUV Yes, with Meadow Soprano shot for shot, the opening credits to the Sopranos, same music, the same, uh, updated scenery that is shown. Uh, and that throughout. was her brother at the end, right? Yeah. That, uh, a see, I totally forget his name. AG. I can't remember, but the one who's uh, not Meadow Soprano. Come yeah, on. Exactly. It, it's all about Meadow. Is we we lived in that time where where we liked the girls, you know. Yeah, so that I thought that was a great commercial, and uh, I love that song. Was the 
Eugene Levy, uh, uh, Brie Larson. Was that a Super Bowl commercial? Yes. Oh, my that God. That was hilarious as well. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember what car company it was, but it was fun. It, it was fun. It was funny. And Subaru or something? When he got that wig, yeah. I'm like, he looks like Fabio. Like, literally, he was exactly like Fabio. Okay, one more, too. The Anna Kendrick Barbie one, but was the, the home financing? Yeah. So, I mean, that was pretty funny. Rocket Mortgage, I think. Rocket Mortgage, yeah. And uh, of course, the halftime show was amazing too. So um, I do have to comment that it's so funny that they spend all this money on these celebrities and different things for commercials, and at the end of the day, we might not even remember who they're advertising. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess think crazy think about stuff. that, people. Make sure you're tying it <laughs> into the product. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I mean that I guess that's it for the Super Bowl. Like it, it was a great, great game, great production, great halftime. Uh oh, uh a quick note uh, about mm-hmm. the Super Bowl coverage at Disneyland. I wasn't yeah, there, I, but I did make sure to watch as much as I could from home. I'm pretty sure I saw every edition of NFL Live and I watched most of my Super Bowl pregame coverage uh on NFL Countdown on Sunday. Uh, and it was fun. You got a lot of clips of the the ESPN personalities riding rides and doing different stuff. Um, Dan Orlo- Orlovsky, uh, former quarterback and a member of the NFL Live crew, he has a segment where he talks about food. Uh, and he they had him eating a big turkey leg at the park. I think I saw him on – I saw him ride Thunder Mountain. I saw them ride uh, Web Slingers. I saw him riding Radiator Racers. Uh, so it was just a lot of fun, you know, obviously synergy, ESPN, Disney showing the, you know, tr- trying to get us sports lunks out of the house and uh, dragging our families or ourselves down to the Disney parks and uh, sh- showing all the fun that we could have there. Obviously, we know that already. Yeah. Uh, but for those that didn't, I think they, they got uh, some fun pre-Super Bowl content uh, with maybe, especially with the great weather that was happening last week a reason to shoot out to Southern California and visit the mouse. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, it'd be cool to see them do that again next year. I know the, the Super Bowl's in Vegas and there's a lot to do outside of, you know, in Vegas, but why not Disneyland? It's not too far away. Yeah. I, I doubt we'll see it at Disneyland, but it would be, I mean, hopefully there was enough of a positive reception that maybe they just, you know, kind of bring back some form of ESPN, the weekends, maybe on the West coast. Um, you know, yeah, because I, I mean, be more sad. likely to be be able to attend if it was on the West Coast. Yeah, and sadly, you know, especially since we're not getting spring training right now, but that's a whole different podcast. That's a different story, and ah, it's okay. But um, moving on, uh, we did get a preview, something that popped up unexpectedly, and something we've all been looking forward to. Um, we got the first look, real at a uh, Rescue Rangers, and. I know we there a lot of people that that I've seen were like I don't say it was mixed but a lot of people were like letting waiting there's a lot to sink in from this 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 trailer cuz there's a lot going on there's a lot of new stuff that this movie is actually supposed to bring to us like like it says in the poster it's not a reboot it's a uh comeback comeback so it it's it's almost like a literally a modern day who framed Roger Rabbit but actually has roger rabbit in it so yeah who framed um, roger rabbit meets e true hollywood story 
Pretty much, yeah. So uh, not, gonna, not what any of us expected. I'll say that. Eg- exactly. So I'm just gonna here we we got the trailer for you guys. If you haven't seen it, or if you just want to see it again, so you guys will be able to see it on uh, YouTube. And uh, if you're listening, you'll be able to hear it. And uh, it, it might come out a little loud, so that's uh, okay. So if it is, just adjust your uh, your earbuds. But here it is: the trailer for uh, Rescue Rangers coming to Disney Plus. Real Hollywood story. Chippendale Rescue Rangers, the show that defined a generation and turned two unknown chipmunks into international superstars. They are known. <laughs> but a success took Chippendale to new heights. To many more seasons of the Rescue Rangers. We were living the dream. Dancing the Roger Rabbit with Roger Rabbit. <laughs> Shout out 1989. No one ever imagined. <laughs> it could all come crashing down. Torn by vanity. You look different. Hey, it's no secret I had the CGI surgery done. Consumed by temptation. My love of cheese got the best of me. I just love it so much. More, please. More, please. Is it possible that two living legends are destined to reunite? I'm thinking reboot. Nobody wants a reboot. You need a disguise or something. Grab the first thing you can. Uh, what? Rescue Rangers 2.0. This place looks weird. Remember that animation style where everything looked real, but nothing looked right? Who are you? Are you talking to us? Obviously. But it looks like you're talking to that window. It actually looks like I'm looking right at you. Okay. Look at my eyes, looking right at your eyes. Yeah. How can you not be excited for that lineup in the cast? That that oh, looks awesome. I mean, no, it it does. And no, no, this, this like I said, I, I was watching it and I couldn't, I couldn't get because I'm excited. What what I saw looks amazing. I think the I I like that Chip is still 2D and Dale, you know, he got the animation procedure done and he looks great in in the uh, computer. And I'm a fan of the actors, Mulaney and uh, Samberg, but the voices took me out. And I don't know, it's just that was the only thing that uh, that's right now. That's the only thing that really took me out of the trailer was, you know, I, of course, I'm the old guy in the group. Uh, uh, and it, we all watch Chippendales, but like the cartoons with Donald Duck, the little Chippendale cartoons, then Rescue Rangers when it came out. And when they updated the voices for Rescue Rangers, we could distinct, or you could tell the difference distinctly between Chip and Dale. Those are the best, I mean, the great voices. And even when they did the Chipmunk movie in the early 2000s, that was, you know, kind of with a computer animation. They've had they like had, five of those now, right? Uh, yeah, I've only seen like the two. But even for the right. Chipmunks, they had like uh, Justin Long and Jesse McCartney. And I can't remember who else, but they auto-tuned their voices where they sounded like Chipmunks. So. I, I, I would be willing to bet I'll put this out there now. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm not even like getting on a huge ledge. 
Yeah. There's going to be a bit in this movie where they talk about the tuning of the voices in the original show or whatever they're, uh, you know, assuming that what happened back in the eighties um, so that we, we understand that their regular voices are what we're hearing and that what we knew was just tuned for how we knew them. Um, yeah. I, I really like uh, the idea of the CGI or the uh, what do they call it? The CGI procedure or whatever the computer yeah. animation procedure. Just because there's you know been this long time, I guess going back to uh, uh, you know the the Pixar thing with the the argument between hand drawn and computer animation. Um, and how we really haven't seen any hand-drawn animation since Princess and the Frog. Would love to see more hand-drawn animation. Just kind of, e- even if it's every now and again, as a uh, just like saying, "Hey, this is still a thing. We can still do this. People still appreciate this." Um, and I, I don't know. Maybe this movie is going to be a little bit of commentary on the 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 old hand-drawn animation and the new computer animation and how one's not necessarily better than the other or that they can both coexist together. I I like the whole meta aspect of it and how it's breaking the fourth wall, bringing all these other characters into it. We saw Aladdin in the carpet in the trailer. You get the, the Indiana Jones, uh, which is kind of an Easter egg, I think, up until this point of that they designed Chip's Rescue Ranger costume after Indiana Jones. Yeah, um, and then uh, I, I don't know if we'll get the little bit about Magnum PI for Dale, but uh, I, I'm really excited for it. I, another one I probably would go out to the theater to watch if it was going to be in the theater. Oh yeah, I didn't read all the the opening, uh, you know, blasts of words on there, but I saw the part about Lonely Island, uh, which leads me to believe that there's going to be some songs that they wrote in there. So I'm excited for that. Um, but yes, I, I agree with you. The voices do kind of take you out of it, but I feel that there's a method to their madness at this point, and I'm excited to watch it and, and see what it is. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. And like I said, it's just the first world problems of you know being old and growing up with high-pitched chipmunks. Yeah. But I'm, I'm looking more forward to it than not. I'm really looking forward to this. And I kind of think it's funny that we do see pretty much all, like, the the recent versions all of all the rescue rangers including zip zip zipper zip or zipper season so long i was uh, just the, thinking how i forgot his name so yeah but no uh uh gadget so gadget i wonder was, there, was she not I, you, they showed uh the old clips from the tv show gadget will show up oh, i'm not, sure she will be but, a gadget no i'm sure she will and I, i'm i'm thinking the way everything's been going with like uh I haven't seen the new Space Jam, but I know Zendaya is the voice of uh, Lola Bunny. I'm like, oh, here comes Zendaya voicing Gadget. <laughs> See, but Gadget, so. I mean, while, you know, I'm sure m- many uh, young men had feelings or things about Gadget. It's not like she was a overly, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what the word is, overly feminized or, you know, sexualized. Yeah. Uh, character you know she had the the romper pantsuit she uh worked on their vehicles and stuff i mean she was actually i guess ahead of her time in that sense and not to say that yeah. at that time that couldn't have been a thing that females should or would be doing already 
Um, so, I mean, props to the creators of Chippendale Rescue Rangers for making Gadget that awesome character that females and all people could look up to. Um, and I hope we do get a big reveal in, uh, of Gadget. I, I, uh, I, I will go out on a ledge and say this. If there's no Gadget in this movie, we will riot. Yeah, we will right definitely. Um, yeah, I'm like I said, I'm lo- I'm really looking forward to this movie. Just, just like I said, the voices took me out, but I, I think you're right. There'll be a little fourth wall version of like, hey, we're actors and stuff, and you know, a lot of people thought the creators when they were announced of the when they brought back the Muppets with Jason Siegel and a couple of other guys from Freaks and Geeks that put it together, but they made a great Muppet movie. So I'm sure uh, Lonely Island, if they have anything to do with it. And just who's making it looks like they're taking some, uh, definitely the, uh, nostalgia a- elements are coming through. So yeah, that comes out, uh, this summer. Very, very interesting. So, um, then we got yeah, one more Googling the release May 20th. Oh my so, gosh. May is busy. Act May for Disney. Yeah, man, we're going to be busy and we're going to love it. So I'm not complaining about that at all. Um, also what got kind of announced i saw a lot of these on our friends at disney insider but uh you kind of shared it in our little uh thread about disney is uh going i, I remember hearing this at the d23 expo a couple years ago but i i, I didn't re- remember remember the details but it looks like they are going on with the uh disney livable community and uh you said you saw a video what, what did they show from that um, it was just kind of, uh, uh, there were two videos, one I didn't watch, one I did, one was like a uh, preview to the trailer, and then one was like the trailer, and it was basically just talking about Disney bringing all Disney's experience and expertise into a community standpoint. Um, uh, the community, uh, they're calling it Story Living, uh, the first one that they're building is going to be called Cotino, and it is in Rancho Mirage, California, just outside, uh, I, I guess, kind of close to Palm Springs, but in Riverside County. Um, and there are plans to do other ones. I think they've uh, already got plans to do one in Arizona as well. Um, there will be 55 and older communities as part of this or as separate ones. I'm not sure about that. Um, but honestly, the more I read about it, the more it just, I mean, okay, I don't want to paint it bad or paint it good. It looks awesome. It's basically for those of us, the Disney fans out there, uh, who love Imagineering and the attention to detail and storytelling that they put in everything, it, it's going to be that there's going to be like, you could live in a place that has like a cool made up backstory, I guess, but I mean, you could also live in a place that has an actual backstory, like <laughs> towns that were founded in this country and the world. And it, to me, it just seemed like I look at how people talk about how people are being priced out of Disney parks. Then you've got the Galactic Star Cruiser, which a lot of people are priced out of. I'm, I'm going to have to win the lottery or a, <laughs> a good parlay to go visit there. And now you've got this, uh, they're talking, it will have uh, both condos, uh, single family homes, uh, estates was actually a word that was used. So I, I was kind of taken aback with that. Uh, this one will have a hotel, uh, the clubhouse uh, that will be attached uh, will be an optional add-on. So it's like you could even live there and not have access to like 
the clubhouse and the beach. There's going to be like a big emerald lagoon in the middle. And I'm sure there's some story about why the water is the color it is. It does it seem cool. Yes. Does it seem like something your average family or person is going to be able to either live in or check out? Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, the hotel aspects got me interested. I will probably, especially being in California, try and check that out when this becomes a reality. Um, I'm not mad at them for doing it because there are rich people in this world who might be interested in that. And, you know, if the, the interest is low, maybe the prices go down. Uh, I, I'm interested to see how this ties in with actual real estate and pricing and, and demand and things like that. Um, but basically just expect all the, you know, amazing artistry, attention to detail and stuff that you know and love from Disney in a community. And I, I think when we talked about it and I shared it in our chat, it's kind of another uh, kind of leaf of Walt's original plan for uh, Epcot and the experimental prototypical community of tomorrow um you know while there may, may or may not be people movers getting people around which <laughs> disney if you're listening and you're doing these things all over please put a people mover in one of these towns yeah that, i mean that would that would make me uh mortgage the house and everything to to go down there or or get one or whatever but uh it it looks cool if you if you haven't already seen it I don't know if you you want to try and pull up the trailer or I mean we're we're here we got time. Yeah, but, so uh look up like Disney story. So it's kind of like um Yeah, so it kind of lo- uh sounds like they're kind of even expanding on a uh, you know DVC or uh Disney um yeah. what is it called? Uh not DVC the Adventures by Disney but now with the uh the living right. of it. See, and you bring up BBC and it brings up other questions like, will people be able to like just buy it and rent it as an Airbnb, stuff like that? I mean, all all these little questions and things. I I don't want my my preconceived notions of how this won't be affordable to the normal person, uh, you know, spoil it for anybody. But I I, it looks really cool. And I I see Josh tomorrow here is going to tell us a little bit more. Yes, that guy's he's a good guy. We should try to get him on the you show. Like Josh tomorrow. <laughs> we do. Uh, it says it's a five minute video. I'll, I'll try to play a little bit of it, but we'll see. Here it goes. Disney has shared stories that have touched the hearts and minds of people around the world for nearly 100 years. At Disney Parks, experiences, and products, our job is to turn dreams and stories into reality, into something that you can touch, taste, and smell, something you can feel and experience and share with those you love. Disney experiences are magical because they start with great storytelling. They include a quality that is unmatched anywhere in our industry. And of course, they're brought to life by our world-class Disney cast members. And every time we reach a new horizon, we start to dream a little bigger and we look for new ways to tell our stories. I'm going to try to fast forward it just a wee bit. It's all part of our boundless exploration to places to life, to immerse you in those stories. Our con- that special uh, Disney touch. I might have pulled up the wrong one. So. <laughs> and innovation. And while we're known most for our theme park experiences, we've built an incredible legacy of going beyond the master planned residential there we go. communities there we go. designed to be the perfect setting for Disney fans to write the next exciting chapter in their lives. 
and some neighborhoods will be planned for residents ages 55 and over. Story Living by Disney allows us to leverage what we do best, world-class service, legendary storytelling, and creativity. This exciting new venture will enhance, extend, and strengthen the Disney brand by allowing us to bring the magic of Disney to places you may never have expected. These vibrant communities will be infused with Disney placemaking. Picture an energetic community with the warmth and charm of a small town and the beauty of a resort. A place that entices inspiration and makes every moment more memorable than the last. A story living by Disney community is something truly special. Real quick, I saw that they showed a um, a quick little uh, glimpse of the storyteller statue from DCA. Do we get parks that have uh, statues of Walt? Because I'd be all about I don't that. Know. I, I think the most misleading thing about this is showing all the parts of all the parks and everything that Disney's ever done. Yeah, and uh, obviously there are not going to be any of these things in this community. But it's basically <laughs> saying, "Hey, we did that, so trust us to make the place you live be really cool." Yeah, so th- yeah, check out the video. Uh, it looked like it was, it was uh, about five and a half minutes long, but it looks and really the- cool. And I like hearing Josh Josh Demara talk. He seems like a really cool dude. And-, and and there's another I mentioned shorter video. I think specifically to the points we were getting to at the end. Look up uh, Cotino, C-O-T-I-N-O. That is the name of the first community they will be building, I mentioned, in Rancho Mirage, California. Uh, And it kind of had a little, you know, what do we call those? Concept art of, uh, you know, what they're planning to build there. Yeah, very cool. So, yeah, I'll I'll definitely check that out. So, yeah, definitely interesting. Next thing we got, and this is just a little something I want to talk about. It's, it's not really thing to break down, but uh, I was like, I was looking at our uh, friends, uh, Insider, uh, Diz Insider, uh, on Instagram, and there's a post that it says John Watts directing mystery Star Wars, like an episode of a mystery Star Wars show that hasn't been announced yet. And if you don't know who John Watts is, he's the director and I believe the writer of the uh, what I'm calling the Spider-Man Home trilogy. Uh, being that home is in every t- title of the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. And he's also set to direct and I believe write the uh, upcoming Fantastic Four for uh, Marvel. So um, a guy that I'm not upset about directing anything in Star Wars because so far everything that I know that he's done, uh, and I'm only familiar with the Spider-Man, um, I'm sure he's done a lot more, but you know. That's a great, great thing to be excited about. So I like when uh, Star Wars or even Marvel, Disney, they sign uh, people with a really good track record and something that does make fans really happy and excited. So I thought that was really cool. Definitely. I mean, I appreciate directors for what they do and stuff, but I also at the same time don't want to get overly excited for like, I have this director I like and I have Star Wars. And it's going to be awesome automatically. So, yeah, and we, get, and we reserve judgment until we find out what the story is, what the plan is, uh, or or maybe hopefully it, it remains <laughs> secret until, you know, it pops up. Probably not, because usually IMDb is going to say they directed it before, whether or not we find out what yeah. episode it is until that day. But but hey, I'm sure we'll find out in May <laughs> at Star Wars Celebration. Yes, uh, that's probably true. And you, I mean, you made a perfect point about, you know, just as directors sign up certain things, because that'll come up most likely in our Boba Fett discussion coming up really soon. And we're almost done with the news. Uh, Could we have one more thing? uh, 
when uh, the the showrunners for Game of Thrones were tagged on to an unnamed Star Wars trilogy that I'm pretty sure got deep sixed after the finale of Game of Thrones happened. <laughs> pretty really much, sad. Yeah. You know, I love the show. It definitely didn't end the way it should have, or, or uh, who am I to say how it should have? It didn't. It didn't end the way we'd hoped. Um, and I remember reading an article from Entertainment Weekly. I believe it was with uh, one of the two, Weiss or Benioff. And they were asking them what their plans for the finale was. He said, I'm going to be by myself with a bottle of whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> Almost as if he knew how horribly received it was going to be. Yeah. Interesting. And you know what? Yeah. It wasn't what we expected, but I still enjoyed it. But, you know, I'm a, uh, I don't know. That's a different podcast. <laughs> um, we do have a few more. Uh, well, actually, we had one more pinned in our notes, but uh, I also wanted to bring up something that we forgot to pin up. And that's uh, uh, what Disneyland Resort's doing real uh, right now. It actually, just started I think a few days ago on celebrating Black History Month with all the um, uh, entertainment and even food. And I'll, did you want to bring? I know you're like, oh, I wish I was down there. <laughs> Celebrate soulfully. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I I haven't really paid too much attention to it, mostly because I knew I wasn't going to be going. Um, but I did see, and you know, shouting out another uh, podcast, Vidcast, uh, Daps Magic. Uh, they're really good about bringing you video content from all things at the parks. I know they just had a trip to Disney World, and we I, I pulled up my YouTube, and they had about ten different uh, musical performances uh, from. I, I'm guessing it was like a, a gospel fest or just the uh, you know part of the celebrate soulfully. Um, celebration that's going on now. So check them out. Daps Magic. Um, I, I, I haven't even really dipped into it yet, but I'm interested to see what they got there. Um, and it, from the, you know, just the screen grabs or what do you call those? The thumbnails of the videos. It looked like it was going down in the old uh, Mickey and the Magical Map Fantasyland Theater. Very cool. Back there. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have watched some videos of what they had going on on the East Coast in Florida and really appreciate it. I saw something that they had going on in Animal Kingdom, and it was uh, kind of a mixed performance with dancers and talking about black history uh, through, like, step dancing and stuff and HBCUs and things like that. So kind of just really just throwing out a lot of information, celebration, uh and performance uh and i'm here for all of that very cool yeah uh like i said i didn't write any notes i just remembered and i uh, just want to bring that real quick because it looks really cool and both both disneyland and uh, walt disney world uh seem to be really celebrating really good so uh, no, definitely will, go uh, check out those videos if if, if uh, assuming the niners are not in the super bowl next year <laughs> i will be planning a trip for super bowl sunday uh which will be following falling in black history month and hopefully uh, celebrate soulfully as a thing that sticks around. So, I, Fe February is a busy month. They have uh, you know the Lunar New Year celebration going into February and all kinds of stuff. But I just appreciate how Disney is uh, paying attention and making uh, you know both the information, cultural heritage, whether it be just through uh, knowledge of history or being able to experience food and drink and things like that available to people uh, who come through the parks 
Yeah, I might follow you too. I know Fresh Bake put out a video on the day of Super Bowl. I just never got around to watching it, so I'll have to check yeah. that out. But if it is true and the attendance is low enough there, I'm, I might have to skip out on watching the game. Unless the Niners, like you said, are in there. So. Right. Um, but cool. But our last little bit of news, we had a lot of uh, this show. Uh, this popped Woo! up and it kind of goes on with our next, uh, our second top main topic. But uh, coming out through many, many Star Wars, Star Wars News Net, Diz Insider, ComicBook.com, all announced. Uh, John Williams is pinned and has already uh, written, and I think they recorded the score for the uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi show coming out May 25th. And I believe, according to certain uh, resources, that he only did the theme, not the actual full score for the show, which is a thing that's been happening. He did the Han Solo theme uh, for Solo, a Star Wars story, and then John Powell did the rest of the score. Uh, Ludwig Gorenson, who did all the all the music for The Mandalorian, he did the Boba Fett theme, but uh, Joseph Shirley did the score for the show. So I think they're going to kind of keep with that tradition. And uh, I'm I'm really excited. Any new John Williams music is uh, makes me happy. Uh, we hear he, I mean, even new, doing music strictly for Galaxy's Edge. So I'm super excited for that, and I can't wait to hear what the new Obi Wan theme. If there's going to be elements of known music, you know, the Force theme. He, t- you know, he was the the first time we hear the Force theme is when he's telling Luke the story of the Jedi, tales of the Jedi, is what the track is called, and uh, and then that's actually the main Force theme. But a lot of people kind of consider that Obi Wan's theme too. I'm excited. So I'm, I'm stoked. I, uh, you know, we'll get to our John Williams portion a little later, but uh, I was really <laughs> stoked when he uh, provided the theme for galaxy's edge. And uh, I'm stoked for this. I, I kind of feel, I don't necessarily want to say a changing of the guards or a, a passing of the torch, but I've loved everything Ludwig Gorson's done. And uh, I think we were, we just saw uncharted and we're commenting on how, uh, apologize for pronunciation, uh, Roman De... I'm not even De looking Juice. at the name. Dejuari? Dejuari. Uh, Game of Thrones, Pacific Game Rim. Game of Thrones, um, Westworld. Eternals. Eternals and uh, Uncharted. But you've got this kind of uh, new guard of... Uh, uh, musicians, scores, composers, thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> Who are just uh, kind of bringing a new world beat to uh, the movies and TV shows that we love. Uh, so I, I'm really appreciative of that. I, I, I'd love to see them work together on something. It would be really cool. And I'm sure they've met, especially Ludwig and John Williams, being that they work on, both have worked on Star Wars properties. And yeah. if not, you know, do it and film <laughs> it for an episode of Gallery. Yeah, uh, that'd be a great roundtable. Uh, Absolutely. Oh, I'd love to see that and just hear that. And one of my favorite, to me, the closest to John Williams is Michael G. Aquino, who does a lot of Disney, Marvel and Star Wars. And kind of shout out. Uh, they just recently released the extended edition of Rogue One on Spotify. And uh, it is amazing. I, I love that music. And. Um, but yeah, I mean, just to hear John Williams is doing more Star Wars when we assumed and he said, you know, once Rise of Skywalker was done, this is my last. Well, he said Star Wars movie and I didn't even think about TV. So, I mean, <laughs> just once that got announced. So I, I can see excited. him doing uh, Andor. Yeah, that that actually got pinned by somebody else. 
and I didn't even think about looking at it. I could probably do it real quick, but uh, I'll bring it up as we're talking in a little bit. But um, no, very cool. Like I said, more John Williams is always uh, really good. Um, the guy that is doing Andor, since we're on the subject, is pull it up real quick. And he's an Oscar uh, Oscar nominated, I think, three time Nicholas Bratelli is the main composer for uh, Andor. And the, he's done a lot of stuff, but one of the ones that really stuck out to me is he did the music for Whiplash, uh, the movie with uh, Miles right, Tyler and J.K. Simmons, the yeah. drummer. So he was the main composer for that movie, which I believe that one or that was nominated for an Oscar. Um, but he's done a, a lot of other um, music that I just didn't have uh, prepared right now. <laughs> so, um, But yeah, very cool. But hey, you know, uh, let us know what you guys thought about those uh, diff- uh, news that we talked about. What you're excited for? You know, are you going to put uh, get a mortgage at the Disney Living <laughs> area? Um, but let us know. We would love to do a pro- podcast from your new home if if you do. So just <laughs> contact yes. us and subscribe but- to our Patreon so we can go uh, <laughs> open a Disney Universe Clubhouse in yeah. Cortino. Yes, that'd be sweet. <laughs> Um, but yeah, let's talk about uh the book of Boba Fett. Chapter seven in the name of honor. This was the culmination of what I thought was a very good season. Um, I think we were spoiled by the Mandalorian, but that doesn't take anything away from this show, I feel. And you know, the, you know, the, this episode went or this season went from I want to talk about the season shortly before I talk about the episode, but it went from flashbacks to kind of setting up stuff to reintroducing characters to finally the big war battle. Um, quick little synopsis war breaks out <laughs> in Mos Espa and uh, the pikes pretty much corner everybody and a uh, lot of, a lot of fighty fighty shooty shooty. And uh, I liked it. I really enjoyed it. This was directed by the third episode directed by Robert Rodriguez uh, written by John Favreau. And, um, they they pulled out all the tricks to this one. Uh, what what did you think of the uh, chapter seven overall? I liked it, although I mean, what we're talking about seven episodes. It probably was my fourth favorite episode. Yeah, and, and that being said, it was a really strong series. Um, I'm still kind of weird about the swerve of episodes five and six doing all this character building and reintroducing characters that we know and love. Um, I appreciate it. I loved it, but I also probably would have loved it if we just stayed on Tatooine and yeah. you know, did more of the, I, I think when we got to episode four with the, the relationship between Fennec and Boba, I was really hoping for more of that. And obviously going all the way back to the beginning and our predictions a potential mantle change uh, of, you know, the baddest uh, bounty hunter in the galaxy from Boba to Fennec. And, and, you know, while not wanting them to kill off Boba Fett, I would have been okay with it in that sense at the end. Yeah. That all being said, it was a great series. I loved episode seven. Uh, I know there was a lot of mixed reviews out there. I did have moments where I felt like I was watching a spy kids movie. It was very Robert <laughs> Rodriguez, uh, yeah. The, the rancor or just the overtly Western callbacks and overtones. 
and uh, from the other podcasts I've listened to and watched, no one mentioned, uh, you know, not Grey Worm, whatever his name, the mod and his weird like spinning dance move shot. It was a shred or some? I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and uh, I brought it up. I've seen memes all over uh, social media on it though, but um, it was pretty much a shot for shot of the scene where uh on once upon a time in mexico uh another Robert, nah, rodriguez, Robert movie, rodriguez. Yeah, where okay. johnny depp's character for the first time is fighting after he had his eyes removed <laughs> if you've seen the movie and you know he's he's getting the senses and he does like the whole he hears the footsteps and he drops spins around and shoots the guy right between between the eyes so um like you said very very robert rodriguez I kind of have a problem with somebody who has to put tributes to his own stuff in his own stuff. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I totally agree. Um, Scad is, is his name. Um, I thought it was funny. Um, I remember there was a tweet where somebody posted that and said, you know, basically F this, I'm done with Star Wars now. Which, cool, oh, one less person in line at the movie theater. Whatever. Exactly. But, and uh, a celebration. It, it was very uh, cheesy. Let's let's put it there. It was, and and you can, especially with this episode, and even throughout the season, you could tell the people that either really like Rodriguez versus the people that know who he is but don't really know his filming style. Because the ones like myself and Derek were like, yeah, you know, it's it's Robert Rodriguez. That's what he does. Then people are like, ah, oh, you know, Robert Rodriguez is garbage. Have you seen Desperado? No. Have you seen this? No. Have you seen this? No. I've seen Spy Kids too. Not even the first one. Come on, and stuff. So I mean, but I totally get that. But I'm a big Robert Rodriguez fan, and that's that's not a secret. And I, when he did episode five of the Mandalorian, or chapter five, or the sec, the fifth episode of the last season, because I know everything's in in order. I was like, yes, this is the Boba Fett we wanted. Yes, and the expected. Boba Fett who could actually fight. Yeah. <laughs> so I was excited when he was coming back and actually kind of like labeled as the showrunner of this of this Boba Fett season and you know with all the directors we got some new directors that not too familiar with but I think out of this whole season I, I can easily say that his episodes were the weakest out of everybody else's and uh, I'll get more on that later but I'm just going to stick to this episode right now uh, real quick but um, no I, I really really enjoyed it i know a lot of people were and we're kind of jumping all over the place but i know a lot of people were mad at the end when you know they finally introduced cad bane in chapter six which whatever people say about the season or star wars chapter six of book of boba fett was probably one of the greatest star wars anything i've seen on the screen and you know i'm sticking by that and the introduction of cad bane but i i i know people and there's still people that think he's alive and he might be because if you pay attention after he's after Boba, you know, gets him with a gaffy stick, his uh, chest alarm or whatever starts beeping, you know, and we, you know, and he's actually kind of a mod himself. He's had parts of himself replaced mechanically to survive uh, all the battles and, you know, the tubes go through his lungs. Those are built so he doesn't get force choked during the Clone Wars, you know, fighting against Jedi. So, um, but myself watching the Clone Wars as they were happening, and then when he returned and booked uh, the Bad Batch, you know, I've, I've watched him an, in animation for years. So I'm like, if, if this is the end of Cad Bane, I'm okay with it because I've kind of seen his story. 
I do hope we do see him in future uh, projects, though, because his transition from animation to live action was just amazing, even better than Ahsoka. And I really like Ahsoka's uh, live action portrayal by Rosario Dawson. So seeing Cad Bane uh, live was super cool. And every shot of him, uh, Chad on Mando Show brought it up perfectly, but like every shot of him in this episode was just so iconic and Western and everything. So uh, it, it, I'm excited if he comes back, but if he doesn't, I think he did have a good story arc, but there's always more that can be said. I, I love me some Cad Bane. And if anything, uh, this puts me in the place of where I was during Mando season two when Bo-Katan was introduced. I had not watched Clone Wars or Rebels um, to that point, and I was not jumping off my couch when she was there. It was cool. <laughs> I was like, oh, this person's probably important. Um, and then after watching it all, it brought a whole new uh, gravity and excitement and everything to it. So I had that moment when Cad Bane showed up. I saw him from the very first silhouette in episode six in the distance a stranger comes from the desert or from the sand whatever it was yeah um so to that i implore of those of you who have not watched clone wars or rebels go back and watch that because you're going to get a lot of awesome cad bane uh you might have feelings like i do versus his color and uh uh you know just the, the way he looks but i was so appreciative of them making it real, bringing him into live action. Uh, and if we have learned nothing from star Wars and Marvel and Disney is no one ever really dies. Really? I mean, yes. If, if y'all want to <laughs> see him again, just send a bunch of emails. They'll, they'll figure out how to bring him back. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I know like one of the big, not controversies, but like when they've introduced uh, animated characters into the live action, uh, I'm a big fan of Ashley Eckstein, who is the voice for years of Ahsoka. She built up her universe. People love people put Ashley and Ahsoka as the same person, and rightfully so. I mean, Ashley is Ahsoka. Ahsoka is Ashley. However, I do enjoy Rosario Dawson as the live-action Ahsoka. But kind of going back to what you said when they introduced Bo-Katan, she was played, voiced by Katie Sackhoff in the animated show, so it was cool to see her Katie Sackhoff in live action as Bo-Katan. Same thing with Cad Bane. He was voiced by Corey Burton in the show. Uh, they had an actor in the suit that they made. I forget his name, but he was still voiced by Corey Burton for the the live action. So that I liked. I like both elements. I think they know when to do the same voice, same same character, and I think so far they've done it well uh, for that. Definitely. So, I uh, yeah. That, but, uh, uh, but oh, good. Cad Cad Bane would have to be one of my highlights of the show. But I, yeah, no, Cad Cad Bane's <laughs> awesome. I I was stoked to see Cad. I would have rather seen Book of Cad Bane if we're being honest. <laughs> that that's still a possibility. Or we Bo didn't even I get to see him use the jet boots. <laughs> or even Book of Bo-Katan. I'm down for that too. Yeah. Um, when. When the Pikes are coming into town, like they were all over the place, uh, Boba Fett and uh, Mando are having a conversation. And uh, this was some really, really cool dialogue of like, you're cornered. There's no way out. Boba even tells Mando, all right, you go ahead and get out of here. And he's like, no, nah, I swore to be with you to this whole time and I'm not leaving. And 
And he's like, well, you know, even if that that's the end of, he's like, yeah, this is a way. And he's like, you believe in that Bantha fodder? Yes, I do. All right. I'm glad because, you know, I, I love that whole, like just that whole conversation of just honor and, you know, being a man of your word. And, and, uh, even though Mando's not a Mandalorian anymore, according to the armor and Boba Fett's not a, a Mandalorian, they still have those, uh, Mandalorian, uh, honor codes or, you know, just codes of on. Yeah. And then just one of my favorite unexpected characters was the, uh, the mayor's major domo. And he was on point on the, in this episode and we could talk about it all over, but he was great. You know, just, just tells him he can go and negotiate and just as comedic as it could be. It was hilarious. Um, then they come out with a jet packs fighting against the the pikes and i'm like why don't they use the jetpacks more but it was still really cool and a very like you said rodriguez-esque action sequence cameras going around you know and at the time we're finding out that the the three families have uh backstabbed and betrayed them and are you know shoot you know taking over shooting attacking the mods uh for some reason they put chrysant in where the trandosians are <laughs> And uh, all looks by like he himself. uh, like oh, you can all by him. Whatever army's gonna come at you, <laughs> yeah. And looks like he's he's uh de- out for the count. But we oh, find I was out. So mad, I was so yeah. mad. His uh, the way they show that he's not dead was pretty iconic. You just hear the roar, and he's just throwing pikes yeah. that are climbing on them all over. So, um, of course, you know the 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 ones that were expendable were the Gamorian guards and uh, the mods that we Which- didn't get introduced to. I'm also mad about the Gamorreans. If we yeah. are assuming they are those same Gamorreans from Return of the Jedi, from Jabba's Palace, like those guys have a, a huge storyline of their own from working for this one guy to, you know, having a regime change to being like, yeah, we're going to roll with you too. That, that whole uh, exchange they had with Boba, will you be, uh, you know, loyal to me? You were loyal to your last uh, master or, or whatever. Yeah. That whole were. scene was very Red Wedding reminiscent for me. You got that moment where you're like, "Oh no, they they it's a it's a trap, it's a trap." <laughs> yeah. So um, that then you know, Fanny goes out, saves the mods. I, I wish they would have killed the mods instead of the Gamorans. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um. Then, yeah. So she she saves them, tells them to get back to Mount Espa, and then she takes off for Mount Eisley because uh, the major domo tells them that's where the pikes the mayor everybody's holding up and uh over there so she jumps on the speeder and takes off which kind of sucks because you know she's been you know the the right hand of boba the whole entire show and you kind of want to see her in the battle you know we do find out just you know how badass she is or we already know but even more towards the end but it'd be cool to have your number one fighter in the war uh the whole thing about uh mando was they're waiting for the folks of Freetown to show up because they couldn't fight without them. And the way I mentioned in the Mando show, I'm like, they showed up in an RV with a cannon. There's, apparently there's only 10 people in Freetown that were gone, but better than nothing, but they do help. Uh, we do find out that uh, Cobb Vanth was shot down in cold blood. And uh, that's why he's not there. We, a lot of people expected he might've showed up. Uh, I knew it around. I knew it was going to rally the, the town folk, but, you know, we got a lot of good good battles, you know, going on. Then we get the new Scorp- Scorpion droids that were actually concept art from Attack of the Clones, uh, the giant uh, robots that, you know, start coming. 
They're basically giant droidicas. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So all the all this fighty fighty's going on and lot likes a lot of good action. Uh oh, and we didn't even start out at the beginning that uh Luke just dumped up Grogu in the X Wing with R2 and sent him to Tatooine. So Did he um, or I, did Grogu steal the X Wing? You know what? I'm sure there's a lot of more story of this coming coming through, but uh we, we got the return of Grogu and I, I love Amy Sedaris as a uh, Pele because like she is the the eyes of the audience i feel in mandalorian and and the show but you know just the whole thing like with the whole r2's talking to her and she's like grogu that that's a terrible name i'm not calling you that and uh i know a lot i'm you know once they called him grogu i'm like i'm calling him grogu i'm not i'm not a baby yoda guy so i'm okay with that but yeah i just love her character uh she's the only one that seems the only one that wants to seem to feed uh grogu <laughs> every time she sees him so uh, good for that but then you know the the reuniting of grogu and mando in the middle of a chase you know it was really cool the little force jump into his arms um i i liked everything about it but i i'm, I'm still think it was a little too soon and i'll talk about it when we kind of break down the season a little bit more but um and then boba fett takes off to get the rancor and that was pretty pretty epic scene uh just tearing up the town and then you know he get of course we get more Cad Bane too, where he just coolly flame throws the Rancor, and that's what throws Boba Fett off. And then we get a little Rancor King Kong scene through at Mos Espo, which is pretty cool. Sad that the townspeople were turned on him and started shooting him just because he's on the loose. But I like that they showed how Mando like went to ride him, and he didn't have the training, so he got thrown off pretty quickly, and then gets saved by uh, Grogu. So the second time because Grogu's. Uh, pulled a knob out of the leg of the droidica scorpion droid and <laughs> thankfully Beskar is rancor proof yeah <laughs> so like i said this was a very action-packed episode uh grogu and what we find out what i found out from chad is like the stage of what he did it, it's, it's actual force power that does put uh you can't put animals to sleep and it is a highly like a high level training that he did. And so even Luke in chapter six, like he's remembering more than I've taught him. And so we're kind of seeing that cause he, he knocks out a rancor, then takes a nap right next to him, which was probably one of the cutest things. <laughs> I'm not a big Grogu bait. I'm like, I'm happy that is finally the Mando, but it's like every time the show is like, ah, damn it. I'm stuck. I, I, I like that little guy. So. Yeah, sun's getting real low, big guy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, I saw a meme with that. And then also, I, I think it was uh, something else called it a callback to uh, Ezra and the space whales and uh, Rebels. Yeah. Where he was able to just kind of uh, force commune with him mind to mind. Yeah. And they're saying that he might have like the same kind of like strength in just the connection with the living you know, the, the different animals and different creatures. So, which it'd be cool to explore. Um, but yeah, so he saves them. Bofet has his little final showdown with, a uh, Cad Bane. Um, and I'm glad that this was the way that we actually saw the, the connection of the, the Tuscans come back because, you know, I was expecting Mando to kind of bring the Tuscans from the Mandalorian season that they helped the, the uh, Freetown folks. But now it's just the tra- training training that uh boba got which was still really cool then happy happy joy joy is going around then we see 
the uh all the bad the bad guys and their little hold up and we find out that the mayor you know he didn't want the the tuscans murdered and the the bombing of uh garza whip madam garza's sanctuary he didn't approve of that which still rest in peace rest in peace garza love jennifer beals in that role i always love twi'leks and and uh yeah she was she she was a uh, sexy yeah <laughs> like, she, she i couldn't hide that character one. <laughs> she she did her thing well um i don't know why anyone thought that she was going to be bigger than what she was i think you know at a certain point obviously in a show you have to build up characters to a point that people will care about losing them and if we look at the you know the the play mat of who was available to kill off it makes the most sense yeah and it was a mob move what you see in the movie that the, the the building, the the business that Boba's like, oh yeah, I will protect you. Boom. No, you didn't. You know, almost in the sense that her character was insignificant, and the only reason why we got to know her was because they were going to kill her. Yeah. So. so we we see them strong up, and they they see somebody coming, <laughs> and uh, the droid they they uh, so I forgot exactly what the wording is, but they're like, oh, somebody's here, and I like that. And we see the snipe. At first, I thought it was Boba. I totally forgot about Finnick, but I thought it was Boba and Mando going after them. But I totally forgot that she went and took off. So she gets in there, blasts the three family members that betrayed him first. I dug that. <laughs> then swoops and hangs the mayor, which is pretty brutal, even for a star, especially for a Star Wars movie. Especially then, uh, when you got a long neck like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and you just hear it cracking. You just see his big bird feet just dangling. Um, yeah, and she takes out the pike, the the guard pikes, but then gets the uh, main pike, and then she gone. So, uh, we get a little happiness of her and Boba walking away, oh, and everybody's baddest, uh, bounty hunter in the galaxy, right there. At least uh, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So then, after all that, they're walking down. Everybody's kind of bowing to him in a way, or just kind of giving him props and and stuff. He's like, you know what? I don't think we're made for this. I'm like, man, after all that, but, but at the, but the dialogue, you kind of see what's happening. Cause, uh, she's like, Oh, you know, maybe you need to go back in the Bantha tank. He's like, Oh, it's being used. Uh, I was except expecting black or Santin, Cause he mentioned, he's like, Oh, you know, after, when this is over, I'll give you a nice little rest in my Bantha tank yeah, and stuff. So, but he's there, gets his little space fruit. And then uh, Milo run Milo run fruit. Yeah, uh, as we know from Rebels, and if you've been to Galaxy's Edge, you can get some Milo Run juice at uh, yeah Galaxy's Edge. Very tasty. So this episode originally ends hearing the iconic Mando theme in all its beautiful glory, as you see the Naboo starfighter leaving Tatooine, and all you hear is click, 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 click. We see Grogu and what the old droid port, which we knew once we saw that ship, we're like, we know what that's for. And he's just banging a little ball on there. Mando's no, no, not, not again. No. Okay. Boom. Hits a Nas. They're out. End of the season. Onto the Mandalorian season three. But we do get a mid credit scene and where we see the Bantha or the Bantha, the uh, back, the tank with a figure in it at which a lot of people miss this at first. But we see, I don't know if he had a name, but it was the uh, tiger, the uh, the bassist. Uh, I oh, forget uh, his name, but uh, Thundercat. 
Thundercat. I'm, Thundercat, I'm like, I knew it was yeah. something cat. I'm like, Tiger, no. Musician. Uh, he's the, I don't know, the cyborg smith or the uh, mod yeah. smith, if you will. Yeah, the, or as Derek would say, the tattoo artist, basically, yeah. for the mods. But we see him and with a little torch, and we notice that's a Cobb Banth in the Banth, uh, the bank the tank, so. I just don't uh, understand what mods he would be getting. Like he's got a hole in him that was supposed to kill him. The back, the tank's fixing that. So, yeah. So originally I thought I was saying Cobb did die, but I kind of got gave in to everybody. Like, no, no, he just got, he got winged in the shoulder. I thought he got shot right in the heart personally. So it would be cool to see him get like a mechanical arm. Cause his arm's dead or something. But as long as we get more, I'm, I'm happy. Cause I do like Timothy elephant. Yes, Space Raylan. And his his Yes, pretty much. So that was for the most part chapter seven. It like is really action packed. Uh Ryan's not here, as you guys know, but he didn't like this episode. I don't think he liked the season at all. Um to each his own. He liked it somewhat, but uh, uh, yeah. He probably didn't like it as much as we did. Yeah, and, and, and I, I know I we will, were all I about will say in his stead as he's not here, I do appreciate his dissenting uh uh opinions on it you know because as, as we've mentioned many times the you know the the jury is definitely both sides on new star wars content so it's good to get both sides yeah. of the arguments on that yeah especially when people were complaining the first four episodes was like oh it's, you know that we don't like this boba fett we don't like this boba fett then the next two episodes are pretty mando heavy with boba fett being only in a minute of it and not talking but then people are like Where's Boba Fett? Where's Boba Fett? It's like, <laughs> I get it, but uh, that's where I'm at. I, I'm not mad about it, but I'm like, yeah. what was the point? Yeah. So I, I knew going in the season that this was that I've going to, that this was going to be that it was labeled by the, the makers as a uh, Mando season 2.5. And it really did get to that. So now kind of got kind of breaking down the, the season. Uh, I think what happened the last part of the season with a super major heavy Mando um, was you've, you guys have heard me say a couple times that I, I believe Disney, like when, when, when some like the movies, the sequel trilogy came out, people were blaming Disney or people, you know, whatever. So I, I think for the most part, Disney let, let's like Lucasfilm take care of their house. They let Marvel take care. They let Pixar take care until like, I don't say until, but they don't do feedback until like money and heavy money making is involved, which say what you want about the sequel trilogy. I am a big fan of them. Um, and many people aren't, but they still didn't make a whole lot of money. And I think Disney is happy with that. The biggest cash cow right now is Grogu merchandise. So I think that as the season was being made, uh, they're, I feel that they were going to reunite, but I don't think this soon. Uh, uh, Mando and Ardin and Grogu, and I think once Disney kind of found out that, wait, you're not going to have Grogu in season three, you're not going to bring him back till season four. And this is all her hearsay, just a theory. Um, they're like, well, you know, no, that's our money maker. You know, bring him back sooner. And so, I think they kind of went with that. Uh, Favreau and Filoni and found a way to bring them back. And I think the reason why we had two big heavy episodes of Mando and Grogu was because of that. Cause, and then it took away and I feel it took away some character building for the Boba story 
which if if you if you watch chapter seven and you and after uh fennec rescues the mods um drash the 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 female one with a with an arm she goes to fennec's like oh thank you for saving us and fennec's like manners that's new you know or so you, you can tell there might have been some a lot of in what i think is a lot of stuff they might have filmed stuff where you know they weren't getting along as much or she didn't like her attitude you know in the training or in certain episodes it sounded like we were going to get a training of boa fett with a rancor but we never got and some other things so i'm you know that's just my theory on some why some of the end of the season might have been choppy but so i don't they know had what, reshoots as well <laughs> yeah i believe so but you know i don't know that's just me but like i said i still enjoyed everything that we got um I was expecting a bigger bad. You guys know that. I was expecting Red Dawn. A lot of people, not Red Dawn. Crimson. Uh, Crimson Dawn. Red Dawn original. (laughs) This is a great movie. Um, Wolverines. Uh, No, but I I really enjoyed it. And I I think it was good to show that this is a a part of a a bigger part of what we call the Mandoverse. Um, I don't know if I would have called it the Book of Boba Fett personally, but I would have called it like, so... I was actually telling my dad this yesterday, but I would have called it like the Mandalorian, you know, dot, dot. Cool. You know, yeah. yeah. Thank you. See, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, this part. but everything star Wars does will be, you know, star Wars, the force awakens, star Wars, you know, star Wars rebels, you know, it's so I'm like, you can't do star Wars, the Mandalorian, the book of Boba Fett. That's a lot of titles in one. Little no, I think Mandalorian is a new chapter. Yeah, in what we know is the Star Wars universe, and and there'd been a lot of talk, I think, coming out of this of the Mandoverse now, um, and, and especially with what we've seen in uh, Book of Boba Fett, uh, insinuations that potentially Ahsoka, uh, probably not Obi Wan, uh, but uh, Rangers of the New Republic or whatever the hell that show was or is going to be called if that happens, all those yeah. things will have tie-ins together. I, I agree. And yeah, so like, I guess, I don't know. Like I said, I really enjoyed the season. Was it perfect? Nah. You know, especially, I mean, and you know, this, this not being, uh, uh, this, this show I'm going to mention not being, you know, obviously in the Disney universe, but like that, well, the anticipation for Boca Boba Fett up there was with me. And if, if it fell a little short, but I, like I said, I, I really enjoyed it, but like, you know, watching Peacemaker, I'm like, dude, that was a show, <laughs> you know, but like I said, it's hard to compare both of them, but just in anticipation level, because I didn't have anticipation for Peacemaker, but just, uh, I don't know where I'm getting with that, but like I said, I enjoy the show. I enjoy where they're going and I have a few theories of why Boba Fett is the way he is, but, uh, or, you know, that I'll get to that in a second, but what was your favorite, you know, uh, yeah, you have any like favorite episodes, favorite moments of the season, or I, I enjoyed episode four. I really enjoyed episode four. Um, I enjoyed bringing, I guess, kind of a humanizing of the Bantha. Um, mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, I mentioned y'all with the uh, Mando show. I loved the line when he's basically breaking up with the Bantha and saying, "Like, go." Meet other Banthas. Have baby Banthas. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was great. I I would love to see. I was just recently watching uh, Empire Strikes Back, and I'd like to see more of the creatures from previous films come back. 
I'd love to see what a Tauntaun looks like given today's puppetry technology, not necessarily CGI, but, you know, because the Banthas, I assume, were like live puppet, large puppets, what have you. Um, yeah. Uh, even you know, even the Rancor head, too. Like, a lot of the close-ups was an actual full-size Rancor head, too, that right. with animatronics. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, obviously, Cad Bane, seeing him walk in, I you know, I think we heard murmurs about it before the show came out. Um, and that is an example of something that I heard a little bit about, but not enough to spoil the excitement when it happened. Um, and I guess same could be said for episode five. Was it five or six? Yeah, I think it was six. We got Luke, R2, uh, Ahsoka. I mean, well, I do think that kind of convoluted the series to a little bit of like all right what are you going because you know ultimately ahsoka played nothing into the series r2 played nothing into the series <laughs> luke a little bit uh grogu a lot but also like did he really need to be i don't know man i, I loved it i enjoyed it but i also felt that they were to me, it almost felt like they were listening to people in week three and they're all like, all right, open the black case of like alternate episodes five and six, you know? <laughs> yeah. I felt like there's another episode five and six somewhere that we didn't see kind of to what you were saying with the attitudes of the mods and things like that. Um, but I'm not mad at it. I, I, I thought it was a great series. I don't think we need a season two. Um, I'm happy with them eating fruit, walking into the sunset. <laughs> um, but as far as like maybe seeing them again in Mandalorian season three um, or, or one of the other shows, I'm, I'm cool with that. I, I, I love all the characters and, and yeah. I'm, I'm ready for more. I mean, don't make us wait for star Wars content. <laughs> I know there were times where you had to wait like 10 years between star Wars content. So right now we're really just, being petulant children with the uh, yeah need for more and more and more, but uh, even last fed. year when uh, the Mandalorian ended, we're like, oh, we got to wait a whole year for this Book of Boba Fett show. Now it's like, well, at least we have to wait till May for Obi Wan. We have to wait till you know late summer to early fall for Andor. Then we have to wait for winter time for Mando season three. Plus the animated shows are coming in between. So. So it's it's at least we don't have to wait as long this year. What for animated new show? Star Wars content? Uh, Bad Batch is coming back uh, in the this summertime year? this year. Yeah. Oh wow, that's kind uh, of fast for animation. Yeah, they they were already working on it. Uh, you, with animation, they usually are still extended working on stuff uh, yeah, through it so out. They were working on it while season one was going on. And yeah, yeah, and, the story uh, was not really complete at all. You knew there was going to be a season two for that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, definitely get more Star Wars content uh, this year and live action, which makes me happy. So three more live action shows throughout the between now and uh, the end of the year. But, you know, it to me, to see my favorite episode, it, it would be cheating to say uh, chapter six, just because just that's the 10 year old in me, you know, and the 43 year old me kind of playing together with our toys. Um, but I would say my favorite overall episode was chapter two. The whole like uh flashback with the his him uh Boba earning his his keep with the Tuscans. 
Was, was that the was, one with the worm? The 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 psychedelic worm? Yeah. Yeah. And the yeah, the and then like fighting with everything. The train, yeah. the the train scene, the showing them how to ride the speeders like a bantha. <laughs> yeah, that so, that was a good episode too. Yeah, that was a great character building episode with great action. Um, then I think my second favorite, and like I say, it's kind of cheating, but this was the Bryce Dallas Howard episode with Mandalorian. We see where he's coming, you know, where he's been and what he's doing, and that was just. I mean, a, it's not cheating; it's part yeah. of the show. I just think and it's it, part of the story, so <laughs> it's easy. It's it's too the low hanging fruit, if you will. Yeah, and um, you you kind of mentioned uh some of your favorite characters, and I'm with you on that. Cad Bane, uh, uh Garza, Madam Garza, and of course, I know we oh. Black Chrysanthemum. Black Chrysanthemum. Uh, I hope we. I'm sure. Tupac, <laughs> shout out to the Ringerverse, Midnight shout Boys. Shout out to the Ringerverse, um, to Midnight Boys. If you don't check them out, um, oh, wait, 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 on, wait. on their rap episode, they actually interviewed Carrie Jones. So, who played that was a Black great Christmas. interview, too. Yeah. But, but we, we, we did it wrong, though. And shout out, you can't, you can't say Midnight Boys without going pew, 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 pew. So, <laughs> check them out. Yeah, that, that interview with Carrie Jones was, was amazing. So, and thank you for turning me on to, to them and their whole little network because. I've been listening to the deep dives that uh, I don't know the names yet, but the that that the ladies are doing uh, and Ma- Mal and Joanna Mal and yes. Joe, yeah, yeah, they 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 deep dives. That's definitely what they get into on that. So uh, shout out to them, but um, and the Peacemaker breakdowns that they recently did. Like yeah. I said, big fan of that show and what they're talking about. So, um, but yeah, I'm sure I'm sure we'll see more Kersantin. Uh, um, I'm hoping we see him with Obi Wan. Because, like I said, in the comics, when Obi-Wan's on tattooing... I think we will, especially because yeah. uh, you, you mentioned that when we were talking, and with Obi-Wan coming, that'd be a... I mean, the time the timeline fits. Yeah. And like I said, if you don't know, in the comics, he's hired... I won't get too much of the detail, but basically, the big scar by his left eye is, was given to him by Obi-Wan uh, while he's trying to muscle up the the moisture farmers on Tatooine. so he's trying he's trying to shake down the lars family yeah as we all know obi-wan is commissioned with taking care of watching (laughs) over luke skywalker so he was stepping in territory of which he did not know absolutely so hopefully we see more of him and you know i think it's a perfect opportunity too for them to bring out the dr afro series which he's a major player in her story so um we'll save that for a future podcast though because i think that'd be uh I know this is already a marathon and we got more to go, but you brought up Dr. Afra. Who would you cast? The, the, the pop I'm, I'm with the popular casting choice and it's Chloe Bennett from uh, agents of Marvel or agents. Ooh, of Steel. Yes, yes. Yes. That would be amazing. That, she is the fan choice off, right now. But Oop. she's a little old. Sorry, Oop. Carrie Ann, but old oh. for the character. Yeah. But you know, be and it'd be nice to see. You know, we have uh, Ming Na Wen and the Chloe, Chloe Bennett moving from Agents of Shield to uh, the Star Wars universe. And oh, somebody yeah. I've seen, I'll send it to you uh, after we're done. But uh, somebody's actually done like a character characterization of her as Afra. And okay. dude, so I'm like I said, I had no idea uh, until a- I saw a- the Ariel fan Winter, choice. But... I'm a big Ariel Winter fan from Modern Family. I think she could rock that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so, ooh, yeah, it depends where. Yeah, uh, yeah, we, 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 that, like I said, that's another podcast episode we could do because, um, and if you're not familiar with Dr. Afra, check out, uh, 
the comics or what I was t- telling people, I think I mentioned on one of our Boba Fett shows, but if you don't want to dive deep into the comics or novels, uh, check out uh, Star Wars Newsnet. They have really good breakdowns of all the books and comics that are out. So you don't have to, they do the work for you. They kind of give you the basic um, storyline. So, um, but I kind of want to finish my part on Boba Fett on this is one of the big, not necessarily controversies, but one of the big complaints is this isn't the Boba Fett we were expecting. Except that, I mean, the, the last episode he showed he is, you know, I mean, he jetpacks, knee darts, you know, bantha sticks, rancors. I mean, he was a badass in this episode. It just took the whole season, in my opinion. But um, back when they were, so I'm I'm trying, I think they're they're slowly piecing the, the future of Boba Fett. And uh, where, where I'm going is when, when Mandalorian started, uh, John Favreau wanted to make a Boba Fett movie or show. Lucasfilm's like, no, we got plans for him. Uh, you could do something different. So comes Mandalorian. A lot of the Mandalorian story is, I think, what a lot of fans and people were expecting Boba Fett to be. That lone, that lone gunman, that lone bounty hunter. And kind of built a lot of his background based on Boba Fett. So when they finally were got the okay to introduce Boba Fett in the show, you know that he was his, you know, when it, once he got his armor, they showed how ba- you know much of a badass he was. But they, anyways, you know, fast forward to, uh, I I think they they got plans for him, and a lot of it has to do with a Mandalorian, and I'm trying to I had this in my head a lot better, um, so. When he when he gets introduced to the Rancor, he he talks about writing it and Danny Trejo's character, which I don't think he ever got a name. I'm not sure. Um, we'll we'll just call him Space Machete. Uh, he he talks about wanting to write him. He's like, oh well, you know, it'll be training and stuff. He's like, well, I've written something bigger than this. The Mythosaur from the cartoons is what a lot of people are guessing he's referring to. Fast forward to um, chapter five uh, when the armor is telling Mando about, you know, the whole prophecy of the dark saber and, and the past and just different uh, theories and stuff from, or whatever. But one of the, one of the prophecies also said about, uh, a Mandalorian will be riding a giant, one of the giant creatures like the days of old, which, you know, which I think is kind of leaning to Boba Fett, who in Canon is not a true Mandalorian. And I think, I think they're they're going to kind of slowly try to piece him where he will become the Mandalore, and not saying that he's going to fight Din for the dark saber, but something's going to happen, and Mandal the Boba Fett, who's not a Mandalorian, will be the true leader of Mandalore in the in the future, especially since it's showing that he doesn't want to even that he doesn't know if he's right to be a crime lord, which is weird because the season started off wanting to be a crime lord, they kind of morphed into. I wanted to be, you know, run the city, just kind of like run the city or be not a mayor, but just the protector of the city. So it's, it's weird. I went from crime Lord, to protector, but you know, that's a, that's a different story, but I don't know. I think they're cause they, they, I think they're just trying to build towards him off for something bigger, but throughout this Mandoverse, it'll come to fruition or something. I don't know. That's just a thought. I don't know. <laughs> I feel you. I, uh, personally i'm gonna go back to what i said earlier on i don't know if i ever said it uh but we were referencing 
the 40 year old virgin at one point in our earlier uh, YouTube casts. I think we all as a fandom put the Boba Fett on a pedestal that he did not necessarily deserve to be on. Um, I, I draw this to his appearance in Mandalorian and how awesome and badass he was fighting those stormtroopers. If anything, all we can draw at this point is how horrible of fighters those stormtroopers were uh, to get their butts kicked so handily by that man because he showed us nothing in the show, at least until, I mean, he, I guess he handily dispatched the gangsters at Tashi Station and then again was able to dispatch Cad Bane. But uh, we, we saw him get to... Uh, get his share thrown back at him quite a few times in the show. Yeah. And we're like, why is he not beating these guys all up? I don't know. And so I know you said you had theories. We might have to save that for another YouTube cast another day. Uh, as this is already getting into a marathon show, but yeah, uh, again, I love the show. Uh, I, I, I love Boba Fett. I'm glad he didn't get killed. I just don't think he's the most badass fighter uh, uh bounty hunter anything in the galaxy but i align with what he aligns with being a, a peacemaker and uh you know br bringing uh what'd you say protection to his his area i yeah. hope that uh grogu is the one who is the the leader of the mandalore that force sensitive mandalorian uh, that we'll see in the future that i have all yeah and like so that'll be It'd be a, a good uh, show for uh, one of our Star Wars Month shows coming up. Yeah. So, um, and with the last word That's on the no Book boom. of Boba Fett season, hey, Hatbox Goat, what did you think of uh, the first season of Book of Boba Fett? <laughs> Sweet. Good point. So, I agree. So, uh, a cool but Yeah, never wrong. So, um, like you said, we are kind of doing a little marathon show, but so we'll briefly go because i i mean i could have done a whole show on john williams maybe we will someday i want to get back to the scores but he, like i said he recently celebrated his 90th birthday and uh there's so many i mean i i listen to john williams almost daily i mean i'll, I'll be listening to my driving around at work listening spotify playlists and then sometimes i'll just go straight to either my movie scores or just go to the john williams uh this is john williams uh playlist on spotify so i was just um, in the this is john williams playlist and i will say this to anybody who hasn't got into it do it because it's a lot of fun because you'll slip from star wars into jurassic park into harry potter and not really know yeah <laughs> that's absolutely. the way scores work there's no no words the the music will crescendo and it'll get lower and then all of a sudden a new a new score will be coming on and you know you you kind of figure it out as it goes but yeah i, I was listening to Jurassic Park and it went into Harry Potter and it wasn't until it was about two minutes in, I realized it was a new song. <laughs> You're a raptor, Harry. You're a so. raptor, Harry. <laughs> so, I mean, we're going to go through this real quick. I just want to say happy 90th birthday. Once again, to John Williams, hope you're around, you know, making more, more music throughout the years. And I've enjoyed you my entire life. And starting um, with the Obi-Wan. Uh, yes. Theme. So thank new. you for that. 
Cannot wait for that. Uh, before, we're just going to list a few of our favorites. Uh, I got more than a few, but I'll, Should we I'll keep start it a few. the Instagram ones? Yeah, I was actually going to bring those up because I want to I want to thank everybody for commenting. So I got a little our, list. Uh, I'm going to cross off the ones that are mentioned from Instagram and then just say the ones that weren't. Yeah, that's a good idea, which that'll, that'll be tough because there's some good ones mentioned. But uh, Alfredo2012, one of our DU crew members, uh, his top three scores... Or themes are, of course, Star Wars, Superman, Jurassic Park. You can't go wrong with either one of those at all. Um, Superman is so iconic. Uh, The original Superman, the uh, Richard Donner Superman. Um, That's Superman, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because in the early days of the Orlando Magic days of Shaquille O'Neal, that was kind of his theme song. Anytime they showed them, they would always do his dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so, uh, Nelgut 23, besides his most famous one, Star Wars, Jurassic Park, E.T., etc., I'm absolutely in love with Cinderella Liberty and War Horse. Cinderella Liberty, one movie or two, I couldn't, I'm not sure. I don't know if he did, I'm not sure, but I do, I do enjoy the War Horse one. That was, that, that movie is really good. I did not see that movie. Yeah, but it's cool seeing all these uh, other movies, kind of second or third tier, if you will, that John Williams uh, contributed to. Yeah, I, I gotta absolutely. go back to Superman real quick because I feel that this is, you know, for any of my uh, former church camp homies who might be listening to this, I used to go to Episcopal church camp at uh, uh, Bishop's Ranch in Healdsburg, California. Shout out, shout out. And one of the graces that we would do was. To the theme of Superman. Thank you, God, for giving us food. Thank you, God, (laughs) for giving us food. For the food we eat and the friends we meet. Thank you, God, for giving us food. Amen. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) So shout out to John Williams for being the inspiration of that. Do you do so many different like blessings and prayers to John Williams music? I'm going to have to write one for Jurassic Park. Yes, uh, on it. <laughs> uh, we got two messages from our good friends at Skywalking Pod. Uh, one is from Richard, I believe, and I know one's from Sarah because I, I knew I know her favorite yeah. song. So the first one we got, and I believe this one's from Richard, is favorite moment of his film scoring is a three-way tie, A New Hope, uh, the moment of Luke looking at the twin sons, iconic, the binary sunset. Uh, Return of the Jedi, the moment when Luke is finally goaded into battling Vader in the throne room, and you get that male chorus, that really deep. Uh, I think that's considered starts off to being Palpatine's theme, but you get the oh, kind of going on with the music. Very cool. Um, in the Phantom Menace, the reveal of the double bladed lightsaber, Maul and those amazing duel of the fates chords, and I mean as as iconic as it was, seeing the double bladed lightsaber ignited for the first time hearing it with the music is classic. It's so cool. So, um, yeah, big fan of all of those. And I'm not, I'm sure that's Richard. So thank you, sir, for commenting. Uh, I want to message you guys soon, uh, and maybe get you guys on the show soon. Uh, the next comment, and this one's from Sarah. I adore Superman 1979 and the love theme from Superman is my all time favorite. John Williams track. That's a classic one, too. I mean, this whole soundtrack is amazing. Uh, there are five amazing themes in Hook, which is one of my favorite ones, personally, too. Uh, I, I love the entire music to that. Uh, my favorite theme to play on piano is Jurassic Park. 
favorite play on the French horn. That's what Sarah plays. And, uh, is the Olympic theme from 1984, which was people forget that the Olympic theme was composed by John Williams. So I got a shout those out. Those are our Instagram comments. The, the one in hook when they uh, have their imaginary feast. I think that's yeah. probably a musical moment. I remember the most from that movie. Yeah. So I believe, you know what? I, and I, I wanted to uh, queue up some of the songs. I just never did it, but uh, I think a lot of that is the maybe uh, we'll make a playlist and put it out so people can see the specific uh, yeah from our comments and from our own enjoys and we can add Ryan's in there on the back end too yeah that's a great idea I think we will do that uh, definitely look for that uh, coming in the future very near future um, maybe like after we record <laughs> so yeah. um, but go, going to that seat that I love that scene in Hook but I think a lot of that is the like the Lost Boys theme which was labeled on the soundtrack and. Is that dun 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 dun? That's terrible. I'm I'm a bad John Williams. It's okay. Um, it'll it'll be better on the, on the playlist. But yes, we'll get that up there. So go ahead. I'll I'll let you uh, go with uh, some of your favorite. I, I think we should go back and forth because I don't want to list okay. ones that you have and 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 cross them off. But uh, I mean it, it's been mentioned many times. But the main title is Star Wars. I mean I think. For all of us Star Wars fanatics, and even for those casual viewers, I mean that. I mean, how can you not get excited uh, when that hits? Uh, It's almost. I can't think of another movie where you can close your eyes and wait for the movie to start. That's that's John Williams right there. Yeah, absolutely. Um. And like it could go for any movie, but yeah, that first initial just, ah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just, you know what? I, I got this up real quick. Here we go. In my eyes. Okay, not so good. So. Yeah, and that just gets you going. So, um, I don't know. That's a hitter right there. I mean, I I dare I say probably most recognizable, most famous, most loved of all of John Williams' works. Yeah, and as a Disney fan, just takes you to Star Tours. You know, that first initial uh, light speed with the old Rex. So, uh, man, mine, probably the first. And I, I, I'm trying to stay away from Star Wars because that's just too easy. Everybody knows. I can. I mean, I Ryan's like, do we pick three? I'm like, dude, I could pick more than three from each movie. So, um, but I am going to go with I think the second most iconic one. Oof, even saying that could be uh, up for discussion. But is the main theme to ET? Oh wow! Didn't have that one on mine. Yeah. Um. Oh and, man, and that, that's that, why you said it's up for discussion because I know what I'm going to say next. Yeah, so I, ah, yeah, just everything about ET, just the build up to the piano, just then the build up, then the build up. Then, I mean, every time I hear it when it really hits, I visualize the moon with the silhouettes and everything, the kids on the bikes. And, uh, yeah. And like I said, I mean, all these could be up for discussion because any, any John Williams could be any like top two. So, I'm looking uh, what's your next very one? much forward to my trip to Florida later this year as Universal Studios Florida still has their ET ride. 
uh, whereas Hollywood does not. Nice. Uh, well, I'm going to have to go. Uh, probably the reason why you said it's up for discussion, uh, Indiana Jones, <laughs> but wait, the what's your next March. Huh? Uh, yeah. Done. The buildup. I mean, it's another one you probably know, even if you don't know that you know it and you're not a fan of the movie. Classic cinema score. Absolutely. And again, taking you back to Disneyland, once you hear it kick, you know, on the rides. So, um, and it's one of those two that kind of like Superman, uh, the even the just the buildup before it gets to the dun dun dun, dun part, just the dun dun. Oh wait, that's in Peril March. You know what I'm talking about? Just a little the the quiet buildup to it. And so, there's an awesome disco version of it out there, so seek that out. Yes. So <laughs> uh, just just so I know what to select. Uh, are we doing three or five? Um, I mean. It's up to you. I, I, okay. I'd say we try to wrap it up in the next 10 minutes here. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. They'll, we'll do it less. But so my next track, and this is going, this is from Star Wars, but this is from the Empire Strikes Back. Probably my, my overall, I've, I've said it before. My favorite John Williams track is the asteroid field from Empire Strikes Back. Um, so iconic. And like I said, it's one of those that gets me every time. So, uh, love it i'm gonna have to put that one on after and uh, look forward to this playlist so i can listen to all of these yeah um star wars of course cantina the cantina (laughs) band yes uh something a little off off the beaten path of your traditional movie movie score um but uh another john williams product and thank you john williams for making uh, uh scores and songs that are so easy for us to uh ch- chat uh chirp out with our mouths in uh i'm sure uh not not uh nearly as good but at least recognizable <laughs> fashion <laughs> yeah absolutely and shout and definitely check out the if you don't already the ogus cantina playlist on spotify there's a great remix of, of uh, Cantina Band. And that's how the, the main show starts after Rex gets uh, powered back on, too. So, um, number three for me. Oh, my gosh. Only because I think you might select this because you, you mentioned it earlier. But I am going to go with like the main theme to hook. Um, yeah, I, I love this entire album. If you haven't heard it, definitely check it out. The, the, every track is so good and you, uh, yeah, it, it's in my opinion, one of his best, you know, take, taking the, the, the series movies aside, it, it's probably one of his best, like from track one to the last track, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I, I think that was, uh, Sarah and Skywalking who mentioned hook. I, I mentioned yeah. the, uh, the scene where they were eating, but uh, yeah, yeah great but the entire scene. Yeah. I wasn't aware that John Williams did the score for it prior to now, but I'm gonna have to go back and give it another watch. I think Hook got put on Disney Plus now. I do not think so, but I'll take a look. It's part of the Fox catalog. You know what? It might is a Fox or 
I think it's universal. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. If it's on Disney Plus, I'm watching it tonight. But you know what? It will be on our playlist. Indeed. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Home Alone Holiday Flight. Um, nice. You can't say that we're going, Kevin! When they're rushing out of the house as the power went out and all the alarms went off or were shut off, so they did not wake up in time for their shuttles to the airport. Uh, we see the McAllister family running about the house, uh, often confused with them running through the airport, which I believe was Run Run Rudolph yeah. uh, in the movie. Uh, but this holiday flight, that's a John Williams. That's a classic, and that I always uh, associate with that movie and uh, rushing to do anything at the holidays. Yeah, absolutely. And one of probably one of his most underrated soundtracks that people don't even realize that he did it because it's so Christmassy and it's a great Christmas uh album just to put in the background too. Uh yeah, very good choice. Uh oh, let's go five real quick. We'll we'll make it quick because I can't stop. Um so many more Star Wars ones, but Jurassic Park. I I know you mentioned that earlier, but I couldn't take it away. Unless you mention it, then I'll do Harry Potter, but definitely Jurassic Park. I, I I don't know where we're at or how many I've done. I only got two more I want to mention. You said Jurassic Park. There's a few songs from yeah. Jurassic Park, so score entirely, but I got to mention the end credits. Uh, that is uh, uh, goes back to uh, uh, going to see Jurassic Park 3 with my friends Pat and Jenny in high school. Shout out, Jenny, because I'm sure you'll probably listen. Um, but uh, I remember it's the bum bum And when we went to see and this is from Jurassic Park One, but when we went to see Jurassic Park Three, we were the obnoxious high school kids in the theater who I think we're shouting that out at the top of our lungs about every 20 <laughs> minutes during the movie, every time we saw a dinosaur. And so Jenny will still recount to me how much fun it was seeing that movie with us uh, obnoxiously shouting that so- song out during the film. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, I love that. They, and going to any, any John Williams uh, soundtrack, the, the end titles are a lot of the time, some of my favorite and that I was kind of keeping them titles out, but my favorite is, uh, the rebel fleet from empire strikes back too. Nice. That's one of the best ending titles. Um, okay. I'm torn and I'm, this will be my last one, but I'm torn between the obvious jaws. Cause that's just so iconic. But the, the ones I'm really torn to are, are both star Wars. It's empire strikes back or, uh, Imperial March yeah. because that, that's all. That was my, one of my, uh, hype hype songs. When I played football in high school, it was either inner Sandman or <laughs> Imperial March. But the one that that does that now to me is the uh, the March of the uh, Resistance from the sequel trilogy. I I just love that whole buildup of the horns and everything. So I'm I'm gonna go with that one. Yeah, man. I mean, I feel like we tried to blanket cover Star Wars, and obviously hard, nine movies plus. He's got so much content in there. You mentioned sequel trilogy. Ray's theme was one of my favorites. Um, uh, and it was already mentioned, but I got to go back to Duel of the Fates just to mention the uh, pop culture impact that song had. That that movie came out uh, when TRL was a thing, 
And I can't remember the specific amount of weeks that it held number one on TRL, but the Star Wars fandom came out and because uh, that was a, a, a show that was voted for by the people. And the Duel of the Fates, uh, probably also the only Star Wars song to have a music video. Duel of the Fates held yes. the one spot for probably probably the longest time in all of TRL. Um, and, and that song still gets me hyped. Uh, shout out to the YouTube video where they, I'm pretty sure they're, um, it's a parody, but they're saying like what the, the orchestra is actually saying. Ah, da, da, and they like kind of uh, bad lip reading, uh, put words to it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that that's. And and the one that was that you're referring to was the one that was had the inserted dialogue throughout the song too. Yes. yes. Which if you're watching uh, on YouTube, I, yeah. So if you're watching on YouTube, you saw me pull up my Phantom Menace Ultimate Edition, uh, two disc soundtrack, which I was so bummed they didn't do this for the rest of the tre- uh prequels and even the sequel trilogy, but it has that, that track have on there. To put that version on the playlist if it's yeah, available. for sure. Um. Yeah, man, there's so much. I mean, we could do a full John Williams, but yeah, we're we're definitely up against the clock here. So, um, if if you haven't commented yet, comment on this show's post on your favorite John Williams, uh, music. Uh, it could be any anything. Uh, everything's amazing. Thank you, sir. Again, ninety ninety years young, and years and years and years of music just that we can just enjoy. We will begin that playlist together real soon. Thank you, yeah, Alex. I think for that real suggestion. real soon because we're gonna get together and have some beers and burgers. Yes. And and we'll have a pen and a piece of paper and we're going to start writing these down. So absolutely look for that probably around the same time this episode comes out. Yes. Yeah, so uh, thank you guys for listening to this super long, but fun episode. Uh, one thing, Boom, I, two I, hours, two hours. We're going to slightly over because we got to shout out our good friends, our people that we couldn't do the show or do the streaming without. And that is our DU crew. If you're interested in becoming part of the crew, uh, all you got to do is go to patreon.com backslash du crew and join the like minds of our good friends, Jennifer, Alfredo, Mike, Efren, or sorry, Sasquatch. Sorry, buddy. Uh, Tyler and Discord Peril. Um, we're working on some new content. I got I got a special exclusive show idea. So uh, we, we're, we're discussing it now and I'm working on the shirts still. So uh, we'll get that going. And if you're new to the show, this is your first. We're not always this long. But, you know, sometimes when we get talking about stuff we're excited about, we just can't stop. So, uh, but if you are new, you don't know where to follow us on social media. Alex, where can they uh, find us? Check us out. If you're seeing my face right now, you're already checking us out on YouTube. And we thank you very much. Uh, please uh, forward to your friends. We're still trying to get to 100 subscribers on YouTube. Uh, and we do still have a giveaway planned. Uh, Joe's got some awesome uh, Blu-ray and 4K Blu-rays that he's looking to give away. Uh, so yes. uh, tell your friends, subscribe to us on YouTube. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. Anchor, is that a thing they can listen to on? Yeah, because that's where they, uh, that's where I upload to get to Spotify. <laughs> yes, yeah. so Anchor, Stitcher, uh, basically wherever you get your podcasts. And if it's not there, let us know so we can try and get there because we want to be where you listen to your podcasts. Uh, and we want you to listen to us. So thank you very much for listening. Of course, um, uh, on Instagram, that's where we do most of our interaction. We love when you interact with our posts on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. 
Um, and uh, check out on Instagram. We do now have the ability to post polls on there, and we're going to try and do those uh, as often as possible to get some feedback from you guys uh, just on, uh, you know, what's going on and potentially uh, subjects and topics for episodes going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for that. I don't know what our next episode will be, but it will be in two weeks. But one thing I do know that I could tell you is next Friday on YouTube, Matt the Rat from Discord Peril will be on our, we'll be doing a little stream and we're going to start uh, talking about the next off-market mouse coming up in September. Uh, he just posted a, a a list of some of their vendors. So we're really going to plug that event the weekend after D23 Expo. And uh, so he'll be on for the March first 4th. of... of uh, I believe so. I haven't looked at the calendar yet, but we'll we'll figure it out. But he, he'll be on real soon, and we'll talk about the off-market mouse and some of the plans coming up and you know stuff you'll see there. So definitely check us out. Thank you guys for watching or listening. And if you are watching on uh, uh, YouTube, definitely subscribe, hit the bell, give us a thumbs up, and it'll just help people find us. And uh, yeah, they're very cool. So uh, I guess... We'll do this a little bit different. Oh, I forgot one more, one more thing. Uh, but thank you to our our new friend, uh, Hatbox Goat. How did you like your first episode, sir? <laughs> Sweet. What was your favorite part? <laughs> awesome. So uh, thank you, sir. You know, we might have to give you some different uh, uh, clothing once in a while, but you know, it's getting kind of warm, so maybe we can find you a nice pair of shorts or something. But uh, until next time. May the force be with you. And, uh... Ah! <laughs> All right. You know, it should have been with a goat, so... All right, so we'll catch you guys next time, and uh, thanks for listening. That was the goat doing his best Kevin McAllister. <laughs> yes, so say bye to Ryan. All right, see you later. <laughs>